need to fulfill your orders when they come in. Yeah. No one's waiting around for you. Someone's going to go get it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to make sure you have what you need when you need it. Hello, I'm Jared. Hi, I'm Melinda. And this is the very first episode of The Secret Life of Inventory. So this is going to be a show where we dive deep into the unseen world of inventory, specifically inventory management, and we're going to be revealing all of the mysteries and you know, the little tips and tricks that are going to help small businesses like you optimize their workflow and ultimately succeed. In today's episode, we'll be covering the fundamentals of inventory management, including what it is, the different types of techniques, why it's important, and best practices for business owners. So in future episodes, we're actually going to be talking to a lot of industry experts. Uh, we're also going to talk to a lot of small business owners. We're going to kind of talk to them about their journeys, get some tips and tricks from them, you know, some of the challenges they faced. But for, for today, we just want to kind of do a high level overview and focus just a little bit about, you know, the space that we live, which is inventory, inventory management specifically. So before we jump into the actual meat of the show, do we want to share a little bit about who we are? Of course, yeah. So um, basically who we are is uh, we work for a company called Inflow. Now, Inflow is a software system. It's an inventory management software system that helps companies do everything they need to help track their inventory. So you can create product lists, you can create barcodes and generate barcodes, put those barcodes on your products, you can scan them. And so we have a whole barcode system just built right into our software. You can also create purchase orders, sales orders, you know, you can run reports, you can do a ton of stuff, basically anything that you need to do involving inventory, we can do it. Yeah. Jared has been working in the industry for a long time, so he knows everything about like inventory management, barcoding, construction tips, manufacturing, you name it. Yeah, I wouldn't, but, say, I wouldn't say everything. But <laughs> To me, you're the inventory master. So. Yeah. I am like the Yoda. I'm the inventory yeah. Yoda. For me, I recently joined, so there's a lot that I don't know about inventory management. So it's probably relatable to new business owners who are also just starting out their business. And yeah, it's a lot to learn, but... We're all growing together. So we're all gonna grow. We're gonna learn to, we're going on this journey together. Yeah. Okay. So for listeners who don't know or are just starting to learn more about this space, can you tell us exactly what is inventory management? Yes, okay. So that's a, a pretty tricky situation. <laughs> no, I mean inventory management essentially is anyone who needs to track inventory. And a lot of the times when we think of inventory, we're thinking about like a goods-based business, you know, like mm -hmm. retailers. You go to the grocery store, there's things on the shelf. You take the thing off the shelf. They need to restock, you know, that that sort of thing. But now inventory is actually just is actually more than that. It's it's absolutely any physical item that you need to keep track of. That is inventory management, right? So if you're working in an office, for example, you still have your computers that you need to track. You have your reams of paper, your pens, your staplers. All that stuff is actually inventory that needs to be tracked, even though it's not coming and going, some of it anyway. It still needs to be tracked. And a good inventory management is all about having what you need when you need it and you know, knowing where those things are. So when you need them, you can save time by finding them quickly. So that's kind of the, in a nutshell, what inventory management mm -hmm. is. Yeah, that's a really good explanation. <laughs> I feel like back then I didn't really think much about inventory management. Like when I first heard of that word, I would just think of back when I used to play games and when I managed my inventory, I want to make sure everything looks clean. And if it's full, I would drop some items and like sell stuff. But yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what inventory management is actually. It's a, it's a perfect example because, you know, it's it, when you have too much stuff, you want to sell it, mm -hmm. <laughs> obviously. And you want everything to be neat and tidy so yeah, you can yeah. see where things are. So when you need them, you know where to find them. Yeah. So it's a perfect example. <laughs> games teach you a lot about life. <laughs> they do. They do. So now that we know what inventory management is, can you tell us why inventory management is important? Yeah, I mean, okay, so inventory management is obviously important for, uh, I'll give you an example that'll kind of 
it's a very obvious example, but let's say I own a company and I sell, we'll say backpacks, for example. I want to make sure that I have backpacks to sell. That's how I make my money, right? So if I run out of backpacks and I have nothing to sell, obviously I'm not going to have any, any money coming in anymore. So good inventory management is all about balancing having enough backpacks, but not too many backpacks. Because of course, if you have too many backpacks, now you need to store those backpacks. Mm -hmm. What if those backpacks are lost or stolen? You know, what if uh, a new backpacks released in, in a month? No one's going to want that backpack yeah. anymore. Now you have all this, these backpacks that no one wants. How are you going to get rid of them? Of course. And then they become dead stock. We'll get more into dead stock later on. Yeah. So essentially it's just about controlling your cash flow. So the more money that you have tied up in inventory, the, le the less cash flow you're going to have, the more you're going to have to spend on, you know, warehousing that stuff uh, and, and you're going to risk it becoming obsolete and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. So it's, it's incredibly important to know. And it's also just about saving time too, right? Because when you need something, uh, you need to know where it is and how to find it quick. Because otherwise, I mean, your workers, the more time they're wasting looking for certain items or things, it's just wasted hours that you're paying, mm -hmm. right? So at the end of the day, it's all just about maximizing efficiency and, and making sure you have the right things at the right time, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's a lot to balance when thinking about inventory management, like fluctuations in demand, seasonality, a product's natural life cycle, and just the whole supply chain logistics thing. Like I would never think about that. Even I would be confused. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> I mean, people think that it's just like you just buy a bunch of stuff, yeah. you put it over here, and then when someone wants it, you just put it over there. Yeah, no one really thinks just... about the back end no, stuff, but I there's know. a lot there's, that goes on yeah, behind the scenes. there's so much that goes into it for sure. Yeah, I still remember that one story we had in our team meeting. We're talking about that one small business where they bought too much inventory and then it tied up their cash flow, and they had to dip into their line of credit. Uh, yeah, man, that's a very <laughs> common story. Very common story. Uh, the, so many big companies too that you hear about, you always think that, you know, like they have so much money and whatever, but mm. like some of these big companies have literally gone out of business because of inventory related issues, which is just yeah, wild to think of these too. juggernauts. And once you, know? you dip into your line of credit, like that's interest that's building up every day too, right? So exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not just that m the money you're taking mm. out. Yeah, it definitely, especially when you're looking large sums of money too, that interest, yeah, it, it matters for, like sure, for sure. Yeah. I remember when I looked into different types of inventory management techniques too. I had no clue there were so many different kinds. Can you share more about that with us? Yeah, yeah. So there's like, I mean, there's so many. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to kind of touch on like some of the bigger ones, mm -hmm. I guess, today. But um, yeah, there's so, so many different ways that people use to manage their inventory. Uh, there's like methodologies, there's just like systems. Um, so yeah, we'll get kind of into, I guess, an overarching feel for some of the, the mm -hmm. biggest ones. Um, we'll start off, why don't we start with the ABC uh, analysis. It's actually a very, very popular inventory management technique. A lot of people use it. It's based on the uh, Pareto, I believe is the, how you say it. I'm not, I'm probably butchering that by the way, but it's <laughs> the, the Pareto principle. It's an 80-20 rule. So basically what this principle states is that 80% of your profits generally come from like 20% of like the work that you put in, right? So the ABC analysis kind of follows that principle where mm -hmm. uh, you put all your inventory into buckets. So your A bucket, your B bucket, and your C bucket. So your A bucket accounts for high ticket, big things. They cost a lot to store. They have a pretty low profit margin generally. So they cost a lot of money a lot of the times. And then you have your B items. Now B items are very similar in their sell rate to your C items. They sell just as much, mm -hmm. but they tend to cost more to store and to buy. And then there's your C items, accounts for about 20% of your inventory. And those are the items that are flying off the shelf. That's the stuff that you sell the most of. Generally, it costs the least amount to store, oh. and it's also the cost the least amount to buy. So, but it is also accounts for a lot of the times 80% of their profits, right? 
So that is your big chunk of your, your money-making inventory. So that's kind of a, a general overview of what ABC analysis is. So um, the next thing is batch tracking. Now, batch tracking is incredibly important to pharmaceutical industry as well as the food industry. And essentially, it groups together a whole bunch of things that are kind of produced at the same time, and it labels them and tags them. So it adds traceability yeah, to these sense. items, right? If food expires. Right? If food expires. Yeah, if, if, if you have a pharmaceutical, for example, you take um, uh, some medication, you have a bad batch, you have a reaction to yeah. it, they can track that, oh, that, okay. that medication right down to the when it was produced where it was produced mm -hmm. and all of the other medication that was produced with it so that you can actually just recall just those right That's so hard. it's a great way to save money because if you have a recall you know a lot of times you'll have to some people like when you didn't have batch tracking you have to get rid of absolutely everything that's mm -hmm. a lot of waste it's bad for the environment obviously but it's also yeah. you know it's bad for your business so bulk shipments is next it's kind of um it's really something that a lot of like um, wholesalers will use, things like that. So it is what it sounds like. It's shipments that are shipped in bulk, wrapped in a giant pallet, and then it's shipped off to a, a wholesaler. And then that wholesaler then would take the, and break that pallet down and, or break that big shipment down mm -hmm. into smaller shipments, and then they sell it to the, the consumer. Next up is consignment. Now, consignment inventory is, is really interesting. It's something that um, I don't know how long it's been around, but I feel like it's probably been around <laughs> a long time. But yeah, it's a great way for new businesses, uh, especially very small businesses that are just getting started and have don't really have a lot of recognition to their name, their brand. It's a great way for them to kind of go to a supplier or a retail store, get their products on the shelf, mm -hmm. and um, there's no risk. You know, it's no risk for anyone. I mean, there's a little bit of risk for the consigner <laughs> <laughs> because uh, th they have to put the upfront cost for the product, of course, to give to the retailer. But it's a very little risk to the retailer. So a lot of retailers are very open to doing consignment inventory because it doesn't really cost them anything. Mm -hmm. So let me explain. I guess I'm talking a little more about the benefits, <laughs> but without actually talking about what it is. So essentially, if you have an item that you, or a product, whatever, say you're, you're a clothing designer, for example, and you've sewn a bunch of dresses that you want to sell at, a, your, your, at your local um, shop, but they're not really sure. They don't know who you are. They don't know mm -hmm. how your stuff is going to sell with the rest of the ecosystem of all of the other products that they carry. They can offer to sell on consignment for you. Mm -hmm. So essentially, what that would they would take your, the dresses and they would put them on the shelves. And if someone bought them, great. They would take a, a cut of the profit and then they would give you the rest. Now, if someone didn't buy the dresses, they just sat on the, the shelf. A lot of times in a predetermined like time frame, they'll say, okay, if this doesn't sell in 60 days, I'm gonna give you those dresses back. Mm -hmm. You take the dresses back, no harm, no foul. And now you have dresses that you need to try and find another home for, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a great way to kind of, you know, have those stores carry your items again risk-free to them and a lot of people are susceptible to that because what what's it going to matter yeah i can definitely see it? how it's a good way to just put your products on the shelf and you don't have to deal with it it's like the person <laughs> that's selling it exactly and you don't have to pay anything right whether it sells or not and that's another great thing for the consigner is you don't have to worry about overhead right so mm -hmm. everyone kind of wins in a way so because yeah. like again like overhead costs money the rent is going to cost money the you know the electricity all of that but you don't mm -hmm. have to worry about that you just show up with a box of things and and then the consigner doesn't have to worry about, well, if these things don't 
sell, I'm not stuck with dead stock. I can yeah, just give, give them back. back. Yeah, so it's yeah, a really it's great... win-win. Yeah. <laughs> Helping each other out. <laughs> Symbiotic <laughs> relationship, I think. Yeah, no, for, uh, yeah, consignment's a great way to, mm. to get started for a, a lot of people just starting with new brands. Okay, so moving on, we're going to talk about cross-stocking a little bit. Now, this is a bit of a new concept. It's kind of been popularized by larger companies like Amazon, I think, does a lot of cross-stocking, things like that. It kind of just eliminates warehousing time and mm-hmm. warehousing space. Of course, that's getting really expensive and hard to find. <laughs> So they're eliminating it by just kind of going, the supplier will ship something to essentially a staging area. It's a small building that has a lot of loading bays for Mm. trucks to kind of come in and out. So a truck will come in, the order will be made, the supplier will send that order into uh, basically one of these facilities. Then from there, they'll either be taken right from one truck and put onto another truck, or a lot of the times they'll go into a staging area. So Again, it just eliminates that need for a warehouse and, yeah. that, and time spent kind of storing and the money, again, spent storing all that stuff. Like you're like mobile. You can, yeah, you're just very <laughs> mobile. Yeah, just kind of going going in and it got coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out. So, yeah, you'll have your big shipments come in. They'll get broken up into smaller shipments and mixed and matched with other things, you know, and then mm-hmm. those will be put on onto trucks to help, you know, that to represent their routes. And then those will go directly to the consumer. And now we have demand forecasting. Now this is a great one. This is one that I love because I love data. I love, I'm a nerd for data. (laughs) (laughs) Data is important, right? You can't know anything. You don't know what you know until you have the data, right? Mm -hmm. So forecasting is great. And inflow is an awesome thing to have if you're doing demand forecasting because we have the ability to run reports. And so essentially demand forecasting is just using the data that you have, using your analytics, to create a forecast of what you're going to need in the future. It's great for seasonality, things like, you know, things that don't sell a lot. At one time of the year, you can look back how, what it sold last year, you know, things like that. And even just like what's selling generally, you know, what are your best selling items? How much do you think you're going to need? How, how much is it growing? How many, how many more shipments are you getting every month, every year? You know, like you can really see the trends and whatnot when you're using the data that you have available. And then from that, you can do a lot of demand forecasting. So yeah, again, inflow is great for demand forecasting. Our mm-hmm. reports um, really help with that for sure. And then uh, this is a, this is a, uh, an interesting one. This is one that's kind of a hot topic uh, on the internet right now, and that is drop shipping. And it's it's interesting for us, especially working in inventory, because drop shipping actually there is no inventory. That's the interesting thing about drop shipping. It's you don't actually carry any physical inventory yourself, which is good and bad and i'll kind of get into that a little bit so essentially what drop shipping is is you would set up a store an online store and you would do all the marketing and choose your products that you want to sell and whatnot and then you would sell directly to the customer and then you would take that order and then you would then forward it on to the supplier and the supplier would take care of it from there they'd handle all the deliveries everything like that if there was a return they would go through you to, mm. to issue the return, but you would then go through the supplier to kind of facilitate the t- return. So you're more of the middleman when it comes to the, the product. Yeah, it seems like the supplier is doing most of the work. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's actually funny you say that because they actually get most of the money, obviously, oh, okay. right? The people who's doing most of the work, <laughs> yeah, they get sense. the lion's share of the profit, right? So dropshipping is a great way to kind of dip your toes in e-commerce mm-hmm. before you... Mm-hmm. move into wholesaling because really that's where the that's money true. is because yeah. you're still in control of what products you're like selling right and exactly the other people yeah. are doing the work yeah, exactly <laughs> you're just a creative mastermind yeah. <laughs> so it's like you test it and you go yeah. oh, okay this one's good and then from there you're like oh hey look this keychain or whatever that i'm yeah. selling it's i can sell these like nobody's business you know what i'm gonna cut out the middleman now i'm gonna go to the straight to the supplier oh. then i'm gonna store those items and then I'm going to get all the profit from there. I don't have to that you makes know, sense. Yeah. You know, buy it wholesale instead of just buying them individually. Because again, oh. um, 
dropshipping is one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And next up, we have the economic order quantity. There's a formula for this one, too. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm so, curious what the formula yeah. is. How do I know it? Again, we are not giving any formulas away. <laughs> you must come back for the future episodes. <laughs> so the formula, it shows you kind of exactly what your company um, order should be to reduce your holding costs and your carrying costs. So it's like the perfect, it's like that perfect reorder point, you know, like when you're running low on something and you need to reorder more, but you don't want to have too much or too little that, that economic order quantity is a way of figuring out that, that, Mm -hmm. that sweet spot. Right. So there, it's a very useful thing. A lot of companies use it. We're definitely getting into that. Um, We can kind of show you how, you can calculate that for your different products throughout different industries as well because it kind of affects different industries, you know, more mm-hmm. than others. And now we're going to move on to FIFO and LIFO. Okay, so these uh, stand for first in, first out and last in, first out, <laughs> um, <laughs> respectively. So FIFO is a very popular one, and especially in um, industries like the pharmaceutical industry, the food industry, just because of the nature of it. You buy something, mm-hmm. it comes in first, it goes out first, you know? So you don't want things sitting on the shelf. And you don't want to expire. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Expiring is a big one. But it's not even actually, it, it was actually popularized by Toyota, I believe, um, back in um. the, way back in the day. And they had a real methodology of pretty much anything. If it doesn't have an expiration date, it shouldn't sit on the shelf. It, you know, if something sits on the shelf, it has more of a chance to be lost, stolen, broken, mm-hmm. become obsolete in some way, right? So it's all about getting those things in and out as fast as you can. It's also a great way to kind of track your average costs um, when you're buying products because, you know, as we've seen in this world, uh, especially recently, you go to the grocery store one day, you buy something, and then you go to the grocery store a week later, and it's more expensive, <laughs> right? So at least you know when you're buying things, you're, you can kind of track what things cost, like it's in a batch to a mm-hmm. cer- certain sense. You can also figure out your average cost across um, the board. We'll talk more about that kind of later on again in, in future <laughs> episodes. Now, um, last in, first out is a bit of a tricky one. I say that because... It's not really widely used a lot, and mm-hmm. that's because it's illegal in a lot of countries. So definitely um, check your local laws because yes, it can be a, it can be a very big tricky one to be using uh, LIFO <laughs> for sure. And now we'll talk about a little bit about just in time inventory. This is something that's been very very popular for years. It was kind of the gold standard of how people would manage their inventory. Carrying things that we've talked about just cost money, right? So. Yeah. Back in the day, people just decided, you know, it's better just to have what I need when I need it. So they would order just the right amount of stuff. So essentially, like, as the name suggests, everything, <laughs> everything would come in just in time. Yeah, everything would come in just in time. So you would never have too much. You would never have too little. You would need just exactly what you needed when you needed it. Yeah, that it. makes sense. But what if you don't have enough, <laughs> like a random surplus of orders and then... That's, I guess that would be the only risky part. I mean, th- yeah, th- and that's what it came down to, I think, is what made people revaluate is supply chain issues, mm-hmm. right? What we saw with COVID and everything, yeah. like people... I remember all the stores were empty. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like running to like try and get food. Yeah, the, it was yeah, the great yeah. Um, toilet paper uh, <laughs> shortage of 2020. <laughs> we all remember those days. Yeah, And even towards the end, we were seeing a lot of like computers and stuff being harder to find. Yeah. Even like lumber and stuff because people were doing like home... Oh like work on their home and stuff, like exercise equipment yeah. because people are at home more. I do remember going to Walmart once and all the cough candy, they were out of stock. <laughs> yeah, see, hand sanitizer <laughs> yeah, too, yeah. masks, all that stuff, Lys- right? Lysol wipes. Yeah, Lys- Lysol wipes. Yeah, Lysol wipes were like gold, mm. the gold of uh, 2020 <laughs> yeah. for sure. Seeing those shortages gave a lot of people scare, you know, like, oh my God, like I can't just have nothing because if situations like this happen, you know, as we mentioned before, like, 
people are going to go somewhere else. If they can't get what they need from you, they're going to go find yeah. it somewhere else because that's just the nature of the way, you know, especially e-commerce and retail mm -hmm. is right now is we're used to just getting something on our door the next day. So we're not going to wait around for it to get restocked at your yeah. store. We're going to go find it mm -hmm. at another store. And I mean, that's especially true when we're talking about things like toilet paper. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it doesn't matter how much it costs. You just need it. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's kind of an important thing mm -hmm. <laughs> i do remember bidets were actually also hard to come by really? as well yeah people were thinking ahead on that <laughs> one for sure <laughs> it's actually a good segue i mean not the bidets <laughs> but the just-in-time inventory actually is a good segue into our next one which is lean manufacturing so a uh, lean manufacturing is a it's kind of an ideology that it, it aims to eliminate waste essentially if you want to just boil it down and mm -hmm. It kind of just want you want to have exactly what you need when you need it kind of like just in time inventory but it's not just like physical items with lean manufacturing it's everything you know time it's time exactly <laughs> processes right things mm -hmm. take time so you know they try to eliminate any process or part of the process sorry that is not essential to the output and when you do that you kind of streamline everything it, it makes everything more efficient and whatnot so it's a big and other industries are actually um, adopting that as well. So you have the construction industry. There's lean construction, okay, and they follow the same principles as well. So they, again, they eliminate all processes that are unnecessary, any things that are doubled up, any yeah. you know, and it, it eliminates downtime in manufacturing for like you know the actual lines that are creating the, the products. Or in, in construction, a lot of times you'll have you know things to need to be done in a certain order. For, mm -hmm. it's definitely good you know. to have a process so everyone's focused on the same goal exactly you don't waste yeah. time yeah. save money save time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again we're that is the, definitely going to be the um the slogan for this yeah. for this podcast is the save time save money <laughs> so yeah essentially that's what it's all about is kind of just making things you know as efficient as possible getting rid of those those processes that don't matter mm -hmm. making sure that things are running all the time there's always the production line is always moving there's never a stoppage same with construction workers they're everyone's always working no one's standing around mm -hmm. waiting for something to get done so that they can do their thing right so that's what uh, lean manufacturing and lean construction that's kind of the, the, the principles of those um, the next thing is material requirements planning now mrps now this is kind of a, a this is a tough one to just get into because it, <laughs> it, it is so many things it is like everything yeah it's an all-encompassing system where you're you're planning not just what you need and like you know when you need it but like who's working on what what uh, processes are being done at what time when you order things mm -hmm. uh, when you're paying things like everything it is seems like a lot it's an entire system yeah mm -hmm. it's an entire huge system it's, it's used a lot by um, huge manufacturing companies definitely uh, implement mrp systems a lot or erp systems as well yeah so minimum order quantity is something that we can kind of talk about next again pretty sure there's a formula for this one too <laughs> yeah minimum order quantity is a lot of the times it's used by wholesalers and they'll use it in a way to kind of be efficient with their order the amount that they order right mm -hmm. so you would order a specific amount that would give you the wholesale price or the sale price if you will or the the cheapest price without having to buy too much that way you don't have to store too much you have that perfect amount where you're getting the best profit margins essentially mm -hmm. at the end of the day right so, and then moving on, we'll go to reorder points. Uh, now, reorder points are kind of linked in with the, the next couple, actually, which is safety stock. Um, so, reorder points are kind of something we talk about a lot. And it's actually something that Inflow does automatically. Mm -hmm. So, if you have a reorder point set for, uh, you know, an, uh, one of your products, you'll get like a notification saying oh, you need to order more and all that. 
So it's a great way of keeping on top of your stock. You just need to like kind of set it and forget it. You know, like put your order point mm-hmm. in. You don't have to worry about ever running out of stock ever again. Boom. Like it's awesome. That's uh, good. You can, <laughs> yeah, you right? just automate that. It's not to worry so much about, oh, when are you going to run out of stock? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, you can do it like manually as well. Uh, of course, you can just put, you know, have a, a, a column in your spreadsheet mm-hmm. that has like a reorder point level or number that when you hit that level, you know that you need to order yeah. more and stock. Just that you have to do it by yourself right and like it know. Risks. no one wants to do that <laughs> i don't want to do that do you want to do that no, like really. i don't know no one like, like i you just, make a mistake too and then yeah yeah I, I i mean i personally i'm just not a big fan of spreadsheets in general mm-hmm. so if i can avoid having to like open up excel ever <laughs> and avoid that panic attack of like a, the spreadsheet mm-hmm. loading just the loading screen gives me a panic attack kind of just seeing PTSD. excel i'm like oh oh god here we go numbers lots of numbers you know like and yeah it's gonna be you just have technology do it for you exactly or smarter you know? not harder yes. right? thank you thank you so that's what reorder point is and there again there's a formula to figure that out and that's where the safety stock comes in right so safety stock essentially is your it's like your just in case stock it's the stock mm-hmm. that you have just in case something you know you're selling way more than you thought you were going to sell or maybe i don't know you had um damage to some of your products and you can't sell them for whatever reason you have that stock that you you can still fulfill those orders when they come in. Because again, name in the game, you need to fulfill your orders when they come in. Yeah. No one's waiting around for you. Someone's going to go get it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to make sure you have what you need when you need it. So having that safety stock is integral for it. And figuring out your order point, um, it factors in your safety stock as well. So when you're ordering stuff, you're never actually taking into the safety stock. That's not to say that your safety stock is going to sit there and be the same safety mm-hmm. stock it cycles in with the rest of the the inventory but it's just ensuring that you have those levels right so yeah. it's not like you just put this stuff into the corner and you're like that's my safety stock <laughs> no, it's more of like the, the levels right mm-hmm. so you know you have that stock but again everything should be cycling in nothing should be sitting there it's definitely a good backup plan to dip into yeah, in case anything happens Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, um, that kind of brings us to the kind of the last thing, I guess I think that we should touch on, and that is periodic versus perpetual inventory management. So what does that mean? Now, in back in the day, you know, long before, you know, the cloud or <laughs> any of that stuff, we, people were doing stuff with pen and paper. I mean, they still are at work, sell spreadsheets or whatnot. So they only had a kind of a, a look at what they had when they were looking at it, when they had last counted it, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't really have a, a real-time look. Now, you can assume, based on your orders, you can kind of keep track of it manually of, like, what's coming in, what's coming out. You know, it's a little harder to do, but, again, you don't really know until you perform, you know, a cycle count. <laughs> Another <laughs> thing we'll be talking many about, I'm sure, in the future. It's a big thing. Uh, people hate cycle counts, but they're so important. How often do people do cycle counts? It depends if um, you're using Inflow or not. <laughs> <laughs> No, you should be performing them depending on uh, your inventory turnover ratio, kind of. Sometimes people do them monthly. Sometimes people do them every six months, Mm -hmm. uh, every year. Um, Those numbers can change depending on, you can even do cycle counts for certain things more often. For example, things that are more expensive, you could cycle count them more often just to make sure that, you know, they're there still and Mm -hmm. not damaged and everything. Um, Not stolen. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So yeah, and that's something that you can actually, you can kind of, mix and match a lot of these methods um, which we'll get into of course in future episodes but you can kind of maybe just do cycle counts based on your different inventory uh, classes so it kind of it alleviates having to do everything all at the same time you know because uh, like you're going to have a lot more inventory yeah for just like breaking things. up yeah. the different sections 
and cycle counting, like again, we'll get more into detail, but when you're doing it, you tend to have to like stop everything just to make sure that there's nothing being processed and, yeah. what, and whatnot so that you're not having anything slip through the cracks, mm-hmm. right? So it, it is, it, that's why I think people dislike it so much because it's so disruptive um, that they just don't want to do it. So they keep putting it off and putting it off, but it, it becomes more important if you're doing a yeah. periodic inventory management system, right? So if you can switch to the perpetual system, which is what Inflow is. Uh, any software system generally is a perpetual system, and that kind of means it's giving you a real-time look into what you have, right? So if you have a purchase order that comes in and you're filling that, you know it'll deduct it immediately from your stock levels. You know, mm-hmm. And another great thing that Inflow does is you can set things up in like different locations or different sales channels so that you're taking things from certain things. So you'll know, say you have a warehouse in Toronto and you mm-hmm. have another warehouse in Hamilton. You can know, you know which one of these warehouses has certain things at specific times. If someone buys something, you can say, I'll take it from this warehouse or take it from that warehouse. So it's kind of a great way to, to manage, especially multiple locations. Yeah. And have, again, a real time look. That's not to say that it will always be a hundred percent accurate, which is why we always, even with inflow, we recommend doing cycle counts periodically to make sure that those numbers match. But I mean, just using a system like info does even just make cycle counts Mm -hmm. actually way easier as well. So, I mean, that's a great way of really thinking of it is it's like you still have to do it, but at least it's like not Automated, as hard. Automated, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least it's like makes it like easier, yeah. right? Like less of a headache. <laughs> so that, I mean, that brings us to like the end of, I guess, the the big overview, the big ones that we will kind of wanted to talk about mm-hmm. and, and really touch on. Thanks a for bit. sharing yeah. all that. Yeah. So much. I feel like I'm just like, welcome <laughs> to my TED Talk, you know? I hope you enjoyed <laughs> So yeah, and I think that was the good. It's a good first start. It's good. I think the people are going to get a, a good idea of what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for new business owners too, like you kind of evaluate oh, which one will work for your business, right? Because I'm sure people who are starting out, they didn't know there's so many different kinds too. Like even as I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh, that would work well for this, but maybe not for that. So that yeah, yeah. that's a great yeah, hundred no, percent. I think a lot of these things are. It really depends on the industry, like yeah, it how on you're, business. what kind of internet management you're mm-hmm. like doing. Even but when it, you mentioned like drop shipping with e-commerce, yeah, like, when it worked for like the other industries. No, I don't think there's any dropshipping <laughs> manufacturers out there. Yeah. Just dropship components yeah. to, to yeah. manufacturers. I don't know. Who knows? Though? Maybe maybe that's the next big thing for dropshipping yeah. to, to branch out. But I mean, also you can like, what I love about a lot of these techniques is you can mix and match. Like I said, you mm-hmm. can kind of like, you can, some, some, I, maybe assume could do all of these you know i, I think, think safety stock would be good for everything no i think yeah right? safety stock other than drop shippers okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, other, but yeah i think safety stock is something that like everyone mm-hmm. um, if you're dealing especially if you're dealing with um you know something that's coming in a lot of it, uh, things are coming in and out safety stock is so important so so important so yeah i mean this is the, this is the first episode of the secret life of inventory we're going to be talking about a whole, a whole bunch of things from all yeah. kinds of different industries like everything you can you know, from retail to e-commerce, manufacturing, you know, ev- like absolutely everything. Barcodes. Bar- <laughs> tons about barcoding. Barcoding is a huge thing. Everyone can benefit from barcoding. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get really into, into barcoding and how you can implement barcodes into your workflow to like, again, save time and money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for our very first episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope it was helpful and If you're interested in learning more about inventory management in the future, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, and make sure that if you have an idea for a future episode, a topic that you want us to cover, make sure you just, you know, drop a comment down below and we will definitely make sure we try and cover that. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Bye.